Kate. Hello. Hi. And welcome to this week's episode of Wait, Rewind the Tape. I'm Ruth. And I'm Natalie. And I won't say that I regret letting Ruth do the intro, but she won't be doing it again. <laughs> Listen, we all have our strengths. Let's just stick to them. <laughs> yeah. True. How you doing? How the hell are you, Ruth? I'm okay now, but just so the listeners know, I'm sorry to overshare, but I just feel like it's too funny not to, because what I thought was trapped wind right, yeah. was a possible kidney infection, but don't worry, I'm okay now. <laughs> but the next day, the next morning, like around 6am, I was woken up with quite possibly the most severe bodily pain I've ever had. So that was fun. But it's cool. I'm all right now. It's just I've spent the week not doing it much. Because I'm just, I've, I don't know, I'm not used to experiencing inside pain. It was so weird for me. Inside and it really pain, like yeah. takes you out. Like there's, you can't do anything until the pain's gone. Even when the painkillers were kicking in, I was like, let me just rest. Oh, so well, I watched, you, you suddenly so realise what, um, I think it just makes you way more grateful for not living in chronic pain. Yeah, oh, this okay. This you just don't understand changed. it. You, yeah, you don't. You can't yeah. relate to it, or when people talk about it because you've not experienced it. And when you have like a small taste of it, yeah, it's much. This is the best I felt all week. Today is the say, only day where I've not had. Guys, yeah. if you're ever experiencing any kind of like abdominal pain that doesn't feel like yeah. if you're a person that has periods, it doesn't feel like your regular monthly menstrual pain that you're used to, any kind of abdominal abdominal pains, just go and get it checked out. Like ASAP. seriously, because it's not one of those things like with a cold where you're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to leave it. I'll sort of let my body heal itself. I'm just going to lay low drink lots of fluids. It's like, I don't think it doesn't work like that. I learned the hard way by, cause I'm like a very stoic person when I'm ill. So if I'm sick, I just don't like to make a fuss. I like to just be very small and very still and just like get on with it. Let try and let my body hear myself. Probably again, I think it goes back to this whole thing about me, like needing to prove that I can handle things and look at, like fix myself. Um, and I had a, what I think was a urine tract infection, but then became a kidney infection because I didn't do anything about it. And by the time I did, it was like too late and I was admitted. So yeah, it guys, gets out of hand very quick. Exactly. You can't, you need antibiotics because it's a freaking infection. It's not like an infection. You can't just like, oh, I'll just, you need antibiotics. Fucking grow up and go to the hospital. When I started to experience like um, stressful thought, once the pain was in one place and a few days had passed, when I was stressed or I was listening to something stressful or viewing something stressful, having a conversation that I didn't want to have on the phone. So any kind of Instagram interaction? No, not necessarily. I haven't really been on um, Instagram as much as I usually would. And I'm, I know what I'm on Instagram for. You know what I'm on Instagram for. I'm just laughing my head off. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what you are doing, but I'm here for the memes. <laughs> and yeah, I was just getting a really severe pain. It's only on Twitter I find that I can't control what I see. 
that annoys me. But Instagram, I'm quite good at controlling it. They try and fuck me up with the algorithm, but I just block everything that they try and throw my way. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you and your algorithm. But yeah, how are you? Um, f- yeah, fine. Not mm-hmm. in any kind of chronic physical pain. So I guess oh my god, I'm... not comparatively. Just how are you in general? <laughs> No, I know. Uh, in general, um, how's work? I'm fine. Work. Which one? Um, no, it's it's all it's it's all work and no play. There's just a lot. There's just a lot going on. So um, I'm not going to say that thing where I'm like, well, if I feel like I'm low energy this week, then whatever. Because last week it was like, fuck it. From, coffee beans McGee over here I didn't even have coffee like that was such a long episode and we're we get so animated so yeah. God, I don't know where this episode will take us but yes a little a little tired um working a lot um I guess thinking a lot about what life is gonna be like as we're easing out of lockdown I can't I'm sorry I'm I'm not in an emotional st- I can't talk about that <laughs> well I mean I think yeah that's I don't know if I uh, well I I could speak about it but it's only gonna bring us down because it, it yeah did you see what Boris said not good <laughs> uh, when Boris said there was a third wave coming my brother told me yesterday and I looked it up and I was like I was so confused I was like I thought this was the third wave like yeah what this wave is the third is lockdown no but apparently it's the second wave that's not true because the second wave surely started around like end of september oh like, no i think the whole the whole thing from then september till now is the second wave i'm so because uh, it took ages to peak Oh God! I'm like, but if it, but if it never goes, because I get it, it's a lower. But if it never goes all the way, I don't fucking get it. But I'm not involved. I've decided I'm not involved. <laughs> I'm not on the committee. Boris did not consult me, so I don't give a shit. Oh my God! No, I do. I, I do care. Obviously, I care very much. But I care. I definitely care. Obviously, we are extremely invested in what happens. <laughs> to the fate of humanity that goes without saying but just for now like I'm just like I'm just gonna put that one on the back burner and I'm sure by next week I'll be back to yeah well it's just kind of like I don't know is it good news if we're in lockdown is it bad news if we're in lockdown or like out of lockdown you know like my life yeah my life starts again in 2022 and I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and making my plans and I'm the only thing I do want to do, though, which is so unrealistic and the opposite of what I've just said, is I really want us to go to Ibiza in September. I've never been. This September? I've never been either. I'd be up but I think that, yeah. But I don't know about this third wave. I don't know. Well, yeah. We'll I just, I feel like I don't think that my life is going to even change that much as we ease out of lockdown. And that's going to make me feel really sad and miserable as I see everybody else's lives change like getting back to normal and everyone's going out and doing stuff and I just don't think that that's what I'll be doing because no I very few of my none of my closest friends live in the city and uh, you know my close friends are 
I, yeah, I don't know. I, do you know what I mean? I just think that that's I'm like, exactly how I feel. Be because honest. my life before lockdown wasn't actually that much different in terms of social. So it's kind of like lockdown's been this level playing field where everyone gets to experience what my life is just like normally. <laughs> but you're forgetting, like you're forgetting, like there are things that we would have done in between that. Like, imagine if we had this, we were doing this outside of lockdown. It'd be so much easier. We'd have gotten to a little routine with that. I don't know, though. You're, you're forgetting there are things that, like... No, I know, but I suppose shows. it's... Yeah, it's it, true, but I just... I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm just... I have a, some anxiety around it and make, like, what this whole year is a reflection of what... of the limiting ways or the ways that I limit my experience of life not just pandemic related even before the pandemic and then potentially afterwards and it just makes and give in the context where we're all kind of there's everybody's had lost things to a lesser or greater degree but what we've all collectively lost that's one thing in common is a year is a whole year of our lives right and so I'm like it's Coupled with that and also just yeah, this anxiety that you I've limit my experience of life is just making me feel like a bit um a bit shit. I would personally encourage everyone out there to make a strategy or plan to get them through to the end of the year and add like th- at least three super fun, maybe even unrealistic things they want to do if the lockdown restrictions are lifted so they have those as well to look forward to but don't I would I'm not someone who deals well with disappointment so <laughs> I can't uh, emotionally handle so maybe make them so fantastical that you already know that they'll never happen anyway even in non-corona times and then you'll just not be disappointed <laughs> that's what you're saying is that's what I'm hearing you say no no Look, I'm gonna I just have one thing I can't have three will wipe me out yeah what I can do for myself the way I stay balanced I'm very I have to be very realistic that's how I feel optimistic about life but I'll have like one thing that I think I really want to do and then I've got like a few strategies in my head of things that I want to do but aren't relying on lockdown I'm trying to do things that I've always promised myself I'll do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm trying to make like a dream that you have I know that sounds so Disney channel but what's something you've always wanted to do like think a dream is a a wish your heart makes oh my god no it's one of those definitely didn't you definitely one of those that's the song yeah (laughs) I don't know who it is though okay on to the news oh god the news the news the news (laughs) It just I was like, keeps coming. Yeah, I thought I was going to have nothing for you because I was ill and I wasn't giving a fuck about anyone. But then, like, you know what I'm like, in the last two days, I saw so many stories. I was like, oh, well, I apparently bookmarked four things. So. Yeah, the news doesn't wow. stop just because Ruth has a kidney infection. <laughs> I do need to uh, apologise for a few things. I'll, I'll Let me just get out of the way. First of all, I wanted to say, last I was listening to the podcast and I said... The most scared I've ever been in my life is when I lived on a private estate. And I was like, what? 
Guys, obviously that is not the most scared I've been in my entire life. The point I was trying to make so poorly was that for me, even when I was in this place where I was supposed to feel the safest I ever did, I was fucking petrified and it was scary. Like there, I'm trying to show you how there are really, there aren't any safe spaces. Like it's a myth. This safety thing is bullshit. I'm not like this super rich kid who's had this fantastical life. Like it's not true at all. I don't know if you saw Croydon was in the news for having, it's not funny, for having the worst council flats. The people are living in council flats. I'm not joking, ceiling and st- all of a wall covered in black mould. And that's the, that is that's what. the bad kind. Uh, yeah, that's the kind that can kill people. Yeah. Phew. So yeah, I'm hardly um, a princess. I just meant that even in my attempt of some sort of safety, I was scared. And I also feel like I should say this because my friend listened to the podcast and he was like, I'm upset that you would only save two people. You wouldn't save me in a zombie apocalypse. Oh Guys, my God. Just let, <laughs> let me... Let me show off. I'm just giving it the big one. Just let me show off on my podcast, okay? <laughs> me and Natalie are here to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, and listen, in reality, none of you would probably be safe in a zombie apocalypse. And would you? It's all I about proximity. It's all about yeah, proximity. It's who's your, who you're with at the time. Yeah. And it also depends what are these zombies doing? Because sometimes the zombies are really slow and then sometimes they like sprint. If they can sprint and it's like um, a corona situation where they cough on you, honey. You become a corona zombie. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to talk about the Atlanta area shootings, okay, spa right. shootings. So on March the 16th, eight people were killed at three locations and they were all Asian-owned businesses. So this was in in the... Atlanta area, so around Atlanta, but in Georgia, for sure, in America. Okay, so as the story goes, now this is a quote, this is on me. On Tuesday, 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long, which is a really weird name to me. Do you say Aaron or Aaron? It depends who it is. Okay, sorry. On Tuesday, 21-year-old, which is super, super young, Robert Aaron uh, Long shot and killed eight people, six of whom were Asian women, at three Atlanta-based bars. He later told authorities his victims were a temptation for him and he want, that he wanted to eliminate. To me, that's, that is like a real... that I don't know how much clearer of a terrorist motive that you can get than that, but okay. So why yeah, that's not known fundamentalist attitudes? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that anybody who has common sense would recognise that as a serious red flag. Yeah. Even the word eliminate, that's you do not eliminate human beings. That's yeah, that's beyond. <sighs> While it's not known if the victims participated in sex work, so this is another note from the article. They were targeted because of the assumption that they did not, that they did, sorry. Again, then it goes on to say, this is a quote from Esther Kay, a coordinator of the Red Canary Song, a grassroots Chinese massage parlour worker coalition. Um, I assume that's a woman, but they say, even if they were providing non-sexual massages, this ends up being a sex work issue. 
the women are de facto being seen as sex workers and being scapegoated as such. So it's just like, it's a triple thing. It's like sexism, racism, and on top of it, it's uh, anti-sex worker. And it's just like the demonization of Asian women as like some sort of, like... The demonization of of Asian women based on the fetishization of Asian women that's come from the West. Yeah. And it's projecting your own uh, sexuality onto... You're sexualizing people and blaming them for it. It's just, it's for me. And then, and because of that, the price that uh, innocent people that you know nothing about get is death. That is beyond a shadow of a doubt, a hate crime. I would say that's actually a triple hate crime. But then, um, as I don't, I'm sure most people have seen, because this story, the more you read about it, the worse it gets. So this is a separate article. So um, Cherokee police spokesman, Captain Jay Barker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Baker. There's no R in it. Sorry, guys. I cannot read because I have no glasses or contacts in. <laughs> like, replied that Mr. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to have to strain. I'm so sorry. Replied that Mr. Long had denied a racial motivation. And for me, like... I think it's weird in after something's happened and people are obviously going to be upset because hate crimes are terrifying for the communities they affect. And hate crimes remind everyone that at any point someone can decide like to, these things to that you see you. online. Yes, that is that is you could be so minding scary. your own business and someone's just like it's a fucking video game. Boop, boop, boop. At work, it's just terrifying. Oh, but then he's so I feel like even to announce that without any tact is showing like already a red flag that this man has no sense. Um, the gunman said he was struggling with a sex addiction and had attempted to take out that temptation. That's what the captain said. Um, so I'll just uh, add some context by saying uh, sex addiction isn't a diagnosis. It's not a real thing. Only because um, I was I read this on. So there's a sex therapist, Dr. Chris Donahue, who we've referenced before, who talks a lot about this. You've got to be careful when it comes to sex and sexuality, who you listen to, because not all mental health professionals are qualified in that area. It's a specialist area if you think about it, because you have to have studied it. Like you wouldn't go to a criminal lawyer for family law advice, would you? Use your common sense. But generally speaking, it's not a recognized diagnosis. And I remember the first time I was told that was when I was quite young by my dad. He was like, there is no such thing as sex addiction. And he was like, where is it? Where are you getting this from? It's, and he was I, saying, it's rooted in shame and the shame that society wants to project on people. But I grew The fact that I grew up in a house that is like a no sex before marriage house. And my dad was like stamping that out as soon as he heard it should tell you how crazy it is that that has caught on and become like a regular thing that people are saying and it my one of my dad's pet peeves is when people describe things as addictions he's like not everything is addiction you can't just say it's an addiction but that's not how it works what like to put and this is not taking away or trivializing actual addiction and people that have serious addiction problems but people use it to so that they don't have to take accountability for yeah. their behavior and for their actions because and and essentially to then in some cases like this piece of shit to just not be a decent human being somebody can just blame an addiction 
for their behaviors but we I'll also say that that will only you have to be a certain demographic to work people getting described as sex addicts are usually either men or white men like no one else is being able to excuse their behavior as being yeah true 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 a sex addict it's It's like oh well I guess it's because it's like well boys will be boys yeah that's what it feeds into that white boys will be boys and there's people who are treating this who aren't qualified to be treating any addiction full stop and they've taken the um the like five-step program from AA and they've applied it to this and they actually this is a money-making business but also I read that uh, so I would encourage everyone if you're interested to read the article that Dr Chris Donahue wrote on why sex addiction is not a real thing and then they're actually adding compulsive sexual behavior as a diagnosis I actually think it's this, this month I thought this was a really good, um, something I didn't know. So somebody called uh, Vivian Truong, who is a historian and postdoctoral fellow in Asian studies at Vassar College, cited the 1875 Page Act, one of the earliest pieces of federal law restricting immigration to the US. On the paper, the legislation barred the entry of any woman from China, Japan, or any oriental country for lewd and immoral purposes, including prostitution. In reality, the law blocked virtually all immigration from Asian women who were collectively presumed to be sex workers or prostitutes. This racist and sexist stereotype that they were bringing their immorality to the US, Ms. Strong explains, has lingered. And then just when you think the story hasn't, have you heard the, oh my God, I thought the story couldn't possibly get any worse. Mario Gonzalez and his wife, Delina Yuan, Sorry, I can't pronounce that surname. I think it might be Yuan. Yuan? I don't know. Ventured to Young's Asian Massage near Ackworth, Georgia last week for a relaxing couples activity. I'll paraphrase. Basically, this man and his wife have gone on like a staycation. They've gone to get massages. He's heard gunshots and he's thought, where's my wife? The police have come, arrested him, put him in a car, a police car for four hours, ignored his questions and he later found out that his wife had died. Yeah. So I feel like this whole, it just shows you how institutionally racist the police are. That every, um, I've seen a picture of him. He looks like um, uh, of indigenous South American descent. I couldn't tell you what country, but Gonzalez, I feel like sounds like um, a Mexican name. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But it's just like he's um, quite a dark-skinned man and it's just like he's the victim. All the victims in this story are being treated as criminals for doing nothing. And the actual criminal is is just being being afforded a kind of saying he was having a bad mental health day. Yeah. I would say like the worst thing for me of returning to outside was... um, do you remember that? Okay, so there was one day I had to travel to Natalie to do the podcast and I was at the train station and the train station closest to me is uh, connected mm. to Birmingham International Airport. And I had like an experience where it was just like, I knew it was racism, but it wasn't overt racism. But it made me feel like pure shit. And it made me, like I cried, like I was so frustrated. And it was just like, God, I've been inside so long, I forgot how you people are like I forgot what it's like out here it's horrible and 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 there was probably got worse oh my god exactly like oh oh my god I don't know 
it's not like we're returning to a better world. Yeah, I think this is also the sense that I get from when I when we come out of lockdown. It's like, well, what what world are we coming into? And maybe the people that I feel like are going to be out there, like enjoying their lives, are just I'm like, they I don't know. You kind of get to, so that's cool for you. Yeah. And I find there's so much about it's it's a kind of like we kind of touched about upon it last week with um, the forty year old version and and this uh, like obsession with trauma porn and this that uh, just feels like a, a, a what and maybe it's really it's unfair of me to say and maybe I should be sharing more of these stories but. Sometimes I think it's just like there there are some pretty horrible things out there that people, you know, when you when you reshare something, especially if you're doing it in a moment, in a flash moment, because something's happened. Like I think that there's a, a, almost a, sometimes a lack of an awareness about how that then will impact the people that are in your network in your circle and there's it's kind of like well oh I did my bit because I shared it but that that doesn't how does that help because what you've actually done is also hurt people by throwing this content in their face and I know this affects other people in a much deeper way than it then I should claim to say that it affects me. But I just kind of, yeah, I think that there's just so much stuff that is, that gets shared that I think it's like, what's the motivation for sharing this? Okay, guys, we're going to play the game. So um, I'm just going to get the card ready. Hopefully I'll pick a good one. Natalie, would you like to play the loser game or... Pillow talk. Uh, Pardon? I feel like Natalie said pillow talk. Sorry. Um, Oh, I don't know. Why don't, should we do one of each? Do we have time? I'm going to be way over. Like, woohoo. Yay. Go. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll pick one of each. This one says error on the back. Do they all say that? Classic, of course. Of course, the first thing we pick up of the loser game says error. <laughs> You're okay, the game. This You're the loser. It's so confusing. Okay, the question is in what ways are you? Oh, by the way, we have like two minutes each to answer these questions because we're so In what ways are you in a fundamental way blocked? Is this pillow talk or the loser game? The loser game? <laughs> it could be either. You're so right. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I am fundamentally blocked because... Um, how do I put this into words? My refusal to uh, like 
put myself in situations uh, to, uh, to be, um, I guess, emotionally available, I think, to people in a romantic way. Not like in a friendship way. Oh my God, I'm emotionally available <laughs> all the time for people and like will be for people that I don't even really know. But yeah, romantically. Um, yeah, that's a fundamental block for me. I can think of a way I'm literally blocked. Cock blocked. I'm I'm blocked like on um my phone number's blocked on a guy likes phone. Cause um what did I even do again? That is to be honest, that's uh, a fundamental block. But I can't think of the ways I'm like fundamentally blocked inside. Maybe this is the problem. I'm fundamentally blocked in seeing any like wrongdoing. <laughs> on my own. Maybe, I'm like, maybe well. you're not blocked. Maybe you're all like free flowing. I can, I can like feel the energy blocker internally for me. At the moment, I don't, I have to think, I don't know if it's because I assume it's like the pandemic because we all have a lot more time to just be with ourselves. Um, and again, like what I was saying earlier in the podcast about my reflection on how this hasn't, this, uh, the impact really to my life is not actually that great because I don't feel like I did that much. I spend a lot of time on my own at home anyway. Um, so I feel like, I don't even, I can't really remember the point I was trying to make. Basically, it just, yeah, I feel like it. there's a, I can feel the um, energetic block inside me. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Um, but you're like, I, you're going to, I feel like you won't be very happy with me for saying this. Um, so and you you'll, feel- you'll tell me that it's not true. I won't um, judge. I won't say that. I'll shut no, up. No, it's not a judgmental thing. It's just, it's just um, a sad thing, actually. I, don't know if I want to say I, I won't say anything I promise I'm, I'm just uh, having a moment um where I just don't feel like a very good person that is entirely um worthy of 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 being loved so yeah anyway so that's a bit of a fundamental block for me right now that is a very relatable fundamental block yeah I'm going to try and find you a quote. You have to follow this woman on Instagram. I feel like she's the only reason I have any self-esteem left. <laughs> um, I'll try and find her for you. Yeah. I think In the meantime. Yeah. Go on. I, she's a therapist and she um, talks a lot about like 
love and like self-love but in a, and in a relational way because I find that people who talk about a lot about self-love tend to demonize romantic wanting romantic relationships which is counterproductive but obviously she's a therapist so she's not going to do that and it's just like her words of like affirmation are really helpful but I, I feel like it also sounds like you're just you're disconnected and you're kind of in the same way I am it's just manifesting differently for you you're finding it hard to imagine your life outside of the walls. Do you know what I mean? You just, yeah. I can't see myself in beyond this point in a lot of ways. Yeah. This feels so fantastical. And the only thoughts I have of the future, for some reason, you're anticipating it all just being terrible and being worse. And everything that was bad before will continue to repeat. And you're, but you're also forgetting there's joy in the meantime there's it's not yes there are things the world nature of the world is inherently I'm not gonna lie it's kind of shit but (laughs) there's also so much joy like and laughter and little moments that you have in life that just make it yeah I think that's we're we're being robbed of that at the moment so all you can do is think about all the ways in which or at least all I can do is think about all the ways in which i was or have been or am terrible which then makes me feel like I'm yeah just a human being that's not worthy of love but absolutely you are a wonderful human being and not only are you worthy of love you are literally loved like as you sit there now you are loved remember that exactly as you are I know but then I think people don't really know me that's the thing that we have you think if people really knew the real me they wouldn't love me anymore or if they knew this about me they wouldn't love me anymore Mm. honestly I can't imagine there's anything you could tell me that would make me not love you anymore I just can't I'm like literally trying to think of something (laughs) I'm like what would you were part of a neo-nazi group on facebook (laughs) but i wouldn't believe it hey (laughs) job i'm not obviously like i I just can't imagine like if no one is perfect everyone has made mistakes and done bad things quote unquote so like all of your fears you're comparing yourself to other people's best but you've got to remember that everyone has like if not secrets like everyone is everyone has made terrible decisions made mistakes like we're Mm -hmm. all flawed it's just we don't all go around telling each other the terrible things we or crazy (laughs) things we've done and thought and even like having negative bad thoughts bad emotions bad experiences doesn't make you a bad person You're just very disconnected at the moment. I feel like it's making you like, you've got catastrophic thinking. That is true. That's so yeah. hard to break. I'm but not going to lie to it, you. It's like, obviously, it's just really like uh, internal. Because I don't, well, I'm not going to say I don't have people to talk to. Obviously I do, but it's not... Um, 
Yeah, it, 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 you're exactly right. And it's that mi- missing the connection, feeling very disconnected from the world, from people and... From love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not when you're not feeling those things and you're not feeling that... Not that I don't feel love from the people. Obviously, I do. I know that I'm loved. It's but not it's the not, same. It's not, yeah. We're not able to feel it in the same ways as if you're seeing people like regularly, even just your friends, let alone romantic or like sexual encounters. We're just not, you're not able to get that sense of connection to love. So you, it's like, yeah, you forget, not for, yeah. Almost, you just forget that it, it's there and that it is something that you have access to. But then also having said that, like I love all my friends dearly, of course I do, but it's not, about friends is it though it's not about other people yeah and sometimes when I feel like I I could never oh sorry somebody is running down the stairs sorry sometimes when I think um I could never be like I just feel like it's not realistic that I'll ever like meet someone or something like that it's I'm I hope this helps but it might not um it's not that it's I always feel like yeah of course my friends love me but like that you got you kind of start to feel like your romantic partners are seeing something in you that your friends don't get to see Mm. and that's why they don't stay but that might not be true (laughs) some of those some of those men are chipped (laughs) (laughs) let's be real (laughs) anyway so yeah that that uh, did that make me feel like a loser like the game suggested it would by the way when you get the most uh when you invoke the most sympathy in this game you actually win so you have yeah, won as a full game <laughs> maybe i was doing it just to win this game <laughs> i wasn't but <laughs> i'm in a an oversharing kind of mood i think at the moment to overshare because uh, other people feel how you feel well, exactly. Like, I think there's something that has struck me that's like very just all connected to this. That, I, like, I've just have a real sense of loneliness. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. something where I'm in a pit of uh, despair or a real downward depressive spiral, like I have been in the past. It's just something that I've realised that I have come to know and live with and it's just something that's there and it's always with me and it was there before the pandemic and I can't blame lockdown or any of it this is this like there's no point in hiding it and I'm not saying it to go I guess get sympathy or have people be like but we can like we'll I'll you know we can spend time with you or whatever it's like it's not this isn't something that is going to be fixed necessarily by like just spending time with people like there's it's it's I need to yeah yeah I obviously need to do the work to try and fix it or unblock myself or whatever but it's just like I it's I think so so much of uh my I guess a lot of depression and anxiety does stem from loneliness and like what it what it does so yeah, but I I just I genuinely don't think that I am alone in thinking that. And once upon a time, I think I, I would have thought 
I'm the only person that feels like this and it's not, you know, everybody else is having the best time and it's whatever. And I now know that the more I've spoken about my feelings and issues in the past and the more people have opened up to me about theirs, you're just like, okay, we're all the same. We all feel these, the exactly the same things. Maybe they're triggered by different situations or we feel them to different intensities, but like with, I, I know that I'm not alone out there thinking I just feel very lonely at the moment and probably have been feeling lonely for a very long time. Loads of people do. Not to take away from that sentiment, but again, it's not like we should (laughs) normalise talking about stuff like this in a way that isn't like, oh, I'm just... uh," Like... And not, I'm saying, oh, normalize it. I'm, let's, it's not a big deal. I just feel like this, whatever. Not at all that. Obviously, it's something I don't, would not like to feel like this and would like it to rectify it. But again, there's no point in sugarcoat. Like, it is what it is. And I suppose it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say with this point. But. No, I'm, I'm letting you talk because I think it's important. And honestly, like, I've, I'm sure you already know this. I felt, oh my God, I felt, when I was in um, in Hackney, in that room, in my room in Hackney, I felt loneliness, like I mm. never thought I could ever experience. Like, and to be honest, like when I think about my life and going back to, quote unquote, my life, the reason I know I can never go back to what I had before is because the thought of returning to that feeling, I'm just like, mm. I will do anything. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that to make anybody who's listening feel like um, loneliness isn't natural or that, like, what how you feel right now is, like, I just kind of want you to acknowledge that it's just, an, it is a horrible feeling. I don't yeah. understand why you're not allowed to say. It's corrosive. It's, it is. And it, it eats away at your, well, for me, it ate away at my self-esteem. And I still feel like bouts of loneliness now, but it's just like, it also made me realise like, this is maybe, oh my God, now I'm oversharing. I worry, like, I'm just like, I'm not sure if I'm like a mentally strong enough person to like live by myself or be by myself. I just don't think I'm cut out for it. I'm a big baby, but I'm not, I'm a human. (laughs) I'm literally a human. (laughs) We're designed to like, yeah, loneliness isn't, this let even if you were in a house full of people and you were literally like in a family unit, whatever, you will always loneliness is a part of the human condition. You can be in a you know how it goes, you can be in a room full of people and feel so lonely. And it loneliness is so sad. And I don't mean to romanticize it, but I also feel like it's quite a beautiful thing that like we have a whole nother world inside us that it doesn't matter who's around, like, that we carry that. And I know that when it's going wrong, that is a terrible thing. But I feel like you can also, can also, uh, what's the word? Transmute Cultivate. Positive. Not, well, no, I've never learned how to do that. But (laughs) it can also, like, uh, I don't know, it's helped me with my imagination, my creativity, and when I know it helps me to kind of figure out what is important to me as a person and what I personally need but yeah there's 
I don't I don't actually know how to like quote unquote cure loneliness I also know that it's also part of the way that society is structured and that a lot of people I remember when I was in Hackney and the woman who lost the uh she was running for mayor and she lost it to this random white dude who's been a terror since he got appointed she was talking about one of the things on her manifesto she was a Lib Dem politician was she's because of the increase in loneliness in Hackney she wanted to like do community um centered work specifically to help people who were feeling lonely and Mm. that made me cry (laughs) I was like (laughs) it is um I wish it was treated with more urgency yeah because you deserve to feel loved and worthy of love and you deserve to feel good and you're and I feel like it's almost redundant telling you how amazing you are because I know how it feels when you're in that space for me anyway I'm like it's what nothing people say to me penetrates Mm. I'm just like it's just a shit feeling and I feel like it's kind of forced onto you but I hope everybody who's listening who feels lonely knows that like you do have love which has kind of been put in the really weird position I don't mean put in by the pandemic I just mean structurally we're just in this weird position where we're like communicate more than ever but like we don't get to talk at all we but we can't for all we're still not a society that is super well equipped to deal with mental health serious mental health issues so how the hell are we expecting people to cope with or expecting to get support for some of these like sub threshold um mental health disorders and by that I mean they're just below the threshold of what uh, would be considered not a mental health crisis crisis they're just things that we're living with loneliness being a a major one where we're all just like well I guess I could be better but I guess I could be worse but it's because we've been conditioned to um feel like when like really and truly a lot of people shifting their emotions towards something negative is a crisis but we're so conditioned to thinking that if everyone feels terrible, then we just feel terrible. Like, it took me ages to realise that. That's why I cried when that Lib Dem um, listed, um, cure, not curing loneliness, but helping to alleviate loneliness. I was just like, oh, my God, somebody can do that. Like, somebody cares and would do that. And somebody recognises how limiting and damaging loneliness can be and and what loneliness can then lead on to what other kind of mental health crises that could have for a person that ends up with them damaging themselves and or other people around them anyway I feel like we've dwelled on this for not too long but we should move on I'm afraid we have no time for pillow talk and I'm worried about pillow pillow talk. Do you want to play? Because it always, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) No, we really have no time unless we just don't talk about what we're supposed to talk about, but it's already been like two hours. So we have what, like half an hour to. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Let's talk about the best show in the the entire world. Um, before you do any spoilers, I'm halfway through episode <laughs> six, so don't <gasps> give the end away. I know, I'm sorry. No, you know I don't know how to... Con- okay. <laughs> okay, let me see what happens. To be fair, I think seven. you can... I would I would 
it's fine. I'll still carry on watching it and I don't think it's going to... No, no, I, I've written down what happens in each episode, like, briefly. So I just need to remember what I shouldn't mention. Oh, my God, you... You will love. <laughs> You're like, I think the emotion... So maybe we can... No, no, I'm not thinking that. I'm like, oh, with... my God, it's juicy. Next week, we can start with part two. Let, let's tell the listeners what we've been watching. P-Valley. Woo! Pussy Valley. Uh, Rule number 24.5. No crying in the pink. I actually wrote that down. (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. Um, So P-Valley is about a um, a strip strip club in, where are we saying? Like, is it in the statue? Chuckalisa. Chuckalisa, but where's Chuckalisa? Okay, Chuckalisa is in uh, Georgia, I believe. Georgia, is it? Georgia, is it? No, oh, no, yeah, Florida. because they talk about, no, I think they talk about going to Atlanta. So I yeah, feel it's like in, it's, yeah. yeah, it must be Georgia. It's a small, like, no, excuse the phrase, backwater Southern American town. Yeah. And Pea Valley, I'm sure I think, wrote, fuck, my notes are on my other laptop. <laughs> I actually did some semi-research on what Pea Valley is. All I remember is Pea Valley is short for Pussy Valley and it might, Chakalisa is a fictional place, but I think Pea Valley might be a real place. I'm sorry, I'm not going to say anything wrong. I'm just going to stick to what I actually have here. Um, and anyway. it was created by award-winning playwright, Katori Hall. A playwright, another playwright mm-hmm. episode. The playwrights can write, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah, to be no so shit. obvious. Um, it's <laughs> they actually are really good. Absolutely brilliant and very it. progressive. It's pushing, pushing some envelopes. It's like tables. everything we've been talking about. Yeah, everything we've been talking about. It touches upon everything. And I didn't want to be pretentious, but I was thinking it's like it literally is like an intersection of race class history white supremacy sex work sexuality gender identity um, and politics but then I literally was uh, reading something that the playwright I call everyone who's a playwright a playwright why do I do that that the creator um, was writing and she described it in a similar way and I was like so it's not pretentious it's just really good (laughs) it's just yeah very intersectional. It all covers all the intersections. If there was a Venn diagram of all of the, the things, this would be slap bang in the center. Yeah. I think that any good show, any good show that is well written, if it doesn't, it would naturally cover, it would naturally be intersectional because if you're really telling somebody's story, like even us on an average day, the things we talk about, how we're going, like our normal conversation will naturally be intersectional because those people we're affected by so many things mm-hmm. and we would naturally talk about them. It's just characters are usually so limited. That's why when mm. something talks about everything, you don't really get that. And if anybody experiences the real world, I feel like the world that sex workers live in, no matter what slide of part of the scale you're on, is the real world. Because like you can put on a show for other people, but the way like in it's so they work in a strip club and straight away, like it's clear that the men do not respect the concept of consent <laughs> because not at all yeah of the quote-unquote type of woman they're dealing with because it's a stripper it's just like if I want to touch her I'll touch her she's like don't touch me there she stops him don't touch me there and he does it Ooh, again yeah, that was... it's just like but that is so true like 
that is really what really what guys are like out here and, and it's especially like, when if you if there's a transaction involved and there's money they don't they're not seeing as paying for a service they're seeing it as paying for a person oh my god that's like, a fact i've i own you now for for this amount of time because i've put money on the table rather than well actually i'm just paying you to do the service that you're providing me like in no other situation would you claim ownership of a person because you were paying them to do something for you. If I like, you know, get somebody to fix my electrics, I was going to say plumbing, but um, I'm not, I don't own that person just because I'm paying for that an hour of their time. It just doesn't work. Yeah. They don't have to, um, they don't have to like bingy you before they leave just because you pay them to fix your light bulb. (laughs) <laughs> it's like just because you're paying for a lap dance doesn't mean you have any right to that person's body but people Not don't get it all. it also deals with colorism as well yeah yeah so that's yeah. another little intersection that we forgot to mention and it's like um I like the way it's because really and truly like I feel like in especially it's like if you're a black performer if you've ever performed in any way like colorism is just always very obvious. There's no, there's no. Do you know what I mean? We've all been in church where they're like, "Oh my god, we haven't." I'm specifically <laughs> weird. When they're like the new, like super light skin girl joins and she can barely sing and she gets lead and you're just like, "Really? Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on." Um, is everyone there? <laughs> no, do you, was there a specific? Do you remember a specific occasion when that happened? <laughs> yeah, but. It's not as, it wasn't, it's nowhere near as bad as like what happens in the show, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking. There's been a few times in my life where like, that's, it builds resentment. And that's why I feel like I try, yeah, I try not to be, yeah, I can't even complete my sentences. I've been like this all week, by the way. It's Tuesday. Oh, I mean, since we last spoke. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> oh, my God, Natty, I really need the loo and I have to go. It's fine. I have to go to the toilet. I can't okay. not. Can you pause? Sorry. I wonder if I actually need the toilet. Because since yesterday. Okay. Recording. So in episode two, we learn that the club, which is owned by Uncle Clifford, is in serious financial trouble. Serious. And Uncle Clifford is... <laughs> like 55 grand's worth of debt. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? Because it happens. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And yeah, I like that it talks about that because I would say, oh, can it, guys, can you hear um, Brody and doesn't it sound like mum? Not a mum, like mm-hmm. I'm not a mum. Cats yeah. do not mum, not a mum. <laughs> come on, Brody, please come up here and say hello. Um, showing out the fifty-five uh, Uncle Cliff, yeah, stacks fifty-five stacks, fifty-five Gs. Um, what do we call it in the UK? There is a word for it. K. Other than grand. grand. K. No, no, there's a word. No, it's like um, I still can't remember. It's the word a drug dealer told me. I was like, what is that? A thousand pounds. You're like, oh. Okay. Was like fun. Or was it a hundred? Listen, I'm clearly not good at this. 
Um, yeah, but Uncle Clifford's like owns this. He's turned the club into like P Valley. Can I just say they have a room called? Is it the fantasy room? So they've got the champagne room, which obviously we know is like pretty standard there's no in the strip club. In the champagne room, the but heaven room. The, yeah, the fantasy. Is it the heaven room? Yeah, I wrote it. No, down. there's <laughs> another one. There's another one called the fantasy room, isn't there? No, the diamond. No, I just know the heaven room with the clouds. Yeah, but then I'm sure there's another one that's called that's the diamond room. Like, what's the one where um, Autumn Knight took Andre in? I thought that was the champagne room. No, well, no, there's another. No, that one looks different. Looks Smaller. bigger. That one was way bigger. I don't remember that. I'm room. sure that there's a diamond room. Or a fantasy room I believe or something. You. There must be multiple rooms. There can't just be two rooms. Yeah. But then there is the heaven, the room with the clouds. So for people who don't know, the way a strip club works is you go in, sometimes you pay door fee, you pay for drinks, and then you pay for a lap dance, or you watch the girls dance on stage or on the pole and you throw money. And um, in it's more of a like... Um, an American thing to throw money. It's like a very um well here your minimum thing. it's gonna be five pounds here, isn't it? Whereas in the States you've got yeah. your dollar bills. Yeah, true. So it's here if you're like, woo, it's like, oh, that's a lot of rain. If it's minimum yeah, five pounds. People those. are spending so much money anyway without realizing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But imagine if it was here and they weren't imagine every one of those is a fiver. Not a dollar bill. You can't like just throw pound coins. It just doesn't work like that. Don't you dare. That's rude. So rude. That's how so in Nigerian culture, we um this is why I like when people say it's like derogatory to throw money at strippers. I'm like, first of all, that is literally black African culture. Uh so say if I got married tomorrow and you came to my wedding, I would have to dance and we call it spraying people with money. So if you were dancing and like my auntie saw you dancing and she thought you were dancing very well, she would spray you with money. So she comes over, she's got a stack of cash and she sticks the money to your sweat or she just throws the money. That's why Nigerian loves Nigerians love those, um, you know, those guns that you can spray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I remember, I think somebody was say, trying to say like um, those guns are so tacky or something. I was like, that's literally our culture. There's nothing wrong with it. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who doesn't like being spread with money girl <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> I mean I think someone once was talking about how dirty money is but listen if you want to stick the money if you want to stick cash to my sweat I'm down I don't give I know money There's is dirty but guess what else is dirty yeah. your phone oh my god I haven't cleaned your my fucking phone, phone is dirty <laughs> yeah so so dirty Let, let's just <laughs> let's just leave if you're it selling okay? if you're saying that money's dirty and that's gross but you're not cleaning your phone every minute then who what are you really trying to say about money being gross and people throwing money because it's not about the money well it's not about the grossness or the dirt or the ick factor of, of it it's not it's not no i think it's beautiful like it's i think it's like art like when i saw it in p valley when the girls were dancing and the money was falling oh my in slow motion god so beautiful to me I love it and I also like that cloud room is like something out of my dreams like I love the room like one of the private rooms where they go so oh yeah I was explaining how strip clubs are you can apart from spraying money on the stage or sorry throwing money on the stage 
or while the girls are dancing, you can also pay extra to get a private dance. Um, and I, yeah, that reminds me of like, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast the night that me and a colleague went out after our work to met this guy at, um, what's that pink place called? Sketch. Met yes. the guy, this guy at a bar at Sketch. He spent so much money that night. The next day, we and he we ended up meeting another guy. We got him to take us to the strip club. Me, us and the strippers were in on it. We got we finessed two dances. <laughs> the dances were terrible, but the girls got paid. They were, you could tell they didn't give a crap. They weren't even doing anything. They were just like doing these little body rolls. They didn't give a crap. We were just chanting to them. And like, yeah, they, we just spent, I think we spent, we counted in more than they spent 600 pounds. Wow. This was like a Wednesday night. I remember this vividly. I was not the friend or colleague that was with us <laughs> in this particular occasion. Um, but I do remember. I'm trying to you protect you. I'm like, me. <laughs> yeah, because that night was, it was so much fun because it was just like, I knew I was finessing this guy. But in the end, like, this is such a small thing. I'm sure I've told this story. Like, I wouldn't, obviously, I wasn't going to go back with this guy. And I'm pretty sure he had a girlfriend. So we got out the taxi. I was like, I went to give him a hug, hug, goodbye. I was like, you coming up? And I was like, no, <laughs> obviously not. I've got work in like three hours. It was like yeah, 6 a.m. Yeah. And um, he got really annoyed. And I went to hug him again and he pushed me. And I'll never forget it because I was just like, that's so weird. But then I was like, no, it's not. Because he's like this rich, young, white guy who's just come into London for work. And he thinks that like, because he spends... <laughs> Because he spent six hundred pounds on his leave. Jokes on you, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, but yeah, and oh, the show talks about domestic violence a lot, and they had a really yeah. good line where they were talking about one of the strippers is being um, abused by the father of her children, who I think is also her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And like um, another one of the dancers asks. Um, why, I don't get it. Why doesn't she just leave him? And the one of the main characters who has also experienced abuse, but nobody else knows, she says something like, oh, she says, because that's when he's most likely to kill you. And I was just like, that really mm-hmm. puts it into perspective. You're staying to protect yourself. Yeah, it's not any of this bullshit of like, yeah. well, you just don't know and it's harder than you think. And you do, and you know, it's hard when you love somebody is actually laying out how it is yeah not that you the other things aren't true but it's like that no they're all true and then on top of it there's this really scary factual thing that this person is violent and known to go off yeah oh my god I'm I'm sure I've told you like when I was um dating somebody I shouldn't have dated for like literally it was only a month and he asked me for money and I said no and his whole vibe and mood and literal stance changed I've like I know I said this all the time I've never been so scared my heart was like so I was like oh my god that's when I realized that that guy is probably abusive mm-hmm. and to get him like I've had it in my room I think two times where I've wanted somebody out of my room and suddenly the space between them and my door feels like a thousand meters you know mm-hmm. what I mean <laughs> oh my god yeah but like I got evidence later semi-evidence that he probably was abusive but if that was so scary but anyway sorry because when you realize you're dealing with a whole different breed of a psychopath it re- 
people don't realise it's so, like, people are so nice and so charming and they have this whole other dark, scary side to them. Mm. I remember when I threw a coat at this guy and he was scared of me. And I kind of understood where it was coming from. I mean, I had no, I wasn't, I've never hit somebody. I had no intention of hitting him. But like, I kind of saw it from his perspective as well mm. of being like, okay, this is kind of scary. <laughs> I'm only laughing because like, I, I don't mean to make light of his like mood or whatever, but like, I, I like, it was a coat and I just went like this. It's not oh like I was, <laughs> it was a heavy you coat. Were, like, it was like, whipping it. <laughs> no, it's not like I balled it up and threw it. It's like I just was like I like as in to like it. cover it, cover him. Like, ugh. no, no, no. He was like, I was like, you need to leave. I stood up. I picked up his coat. He stood up, and I like oh, threw his it at coat. him so he could catch it. No, I didn't throw my coat at him. But sorry, I misunderstood that, and I was like, why are you throwing your? No, coat? instead of That's like, why I, asking, I was like, which coat? The pink one. <laughs> Instead of like, oh my god, that coat could injure somebody. Instead of like whipping, like whipping, instead of passing him his coat or letting him get his coat, I like picked up his coat and I went like this. Yeah, okay, it was like a so he had to like, like catch a it like this. or like a chest. Yes, yeah, yeah, and he had to like catch you it. Like push this. your weight behind it, as opposed to like you're not yeah. swinging it around like a mace <laughs> with his with his keys and his phone in, in his pocket, like a fucking yeah. hammer throw. <laughs> but it was still aggressive, so I did kind of see yeah. why he was scared. Mm. I mean, fair. Um, back back to the film. Um, obviously, <laughs> just touching about not the film. Sorry, the series. I'm just laughing because I'm like, why did I just tell that story? What is this episode? <laughs> um, you. I another thing as well that we people. I just don't think give strippers or dancers any credit for for being athletes. Like, Have you ever done pole? No, but I've I've do I would I mean in my head I'm like I really want to I'd love to start taking it up like I've got the space in my own loft to install a pole pole and then I could all the time it would look so good but it would just gather dust because I probably wouldn't um, it wouldn't you do pilates you've got core I used to do pole and like it is the hardest thing I've it's the hardest sport I've ever done and the thing is it's not just a sport it's actually an art and a dance so it's just like you don't only have to get the athleticism down, which is impossible because I'm not a one for it's not really upper body, it's like core, but I hate core, but it is fun. And then not on, on top of that, it's just like you have to get the routine down and you have to be graceful. It's just and like the facial expression, like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when somebody else is on the pole and you're watching and they make a crazy face and the instructor is like, relax your face. It is very funny. <laughs> You can't laugh, though, because that's not nice. But these women, they know how to work their face as well. I mean, it's just they are absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I I think watching it, and obviously you shouldn't compare yourself to to anybody. It's like, well, that's their job. That's what they're doing. That's what they train for. Um, But it does make me think, wow, like, (laughs) these are also real, like, real funny women intelligent women women that are like have their own like have their you know they're cool they're cool people and they're also like can do all of this stuff and they can I can 
I'm not even half as cool as they are and I can't do any of the things that they can do. That also, <laughs> I think, contributed a little bit to, I won't say it was like a major part of my self-loathing this week. Not at all, because I've been feeling a bit weird for a while, but it just, it, sometimes people are like, wow, like that's, I th- yeah, okay, I, you re- I just can't You reaching to- that conclusion is definitely um, a reflection of where you are mentally because like, yeah it's like would you would you watch a basketball match and then feel like I could because I'm not gonna lie I've I've had that before where I've watched sports and been like but there was a time I couldn't watch athletics because I used to sprint and not for very long yeah it used to make me feel like oh why did I (laughs) there was a time where I'm sure I've told you this where I couldn't watch the x factor because I'd get jealous (laughs) it's the fucking x factor i just i do understand that but it comes from me it comes from when you like when you're it's nothing to do with them it's just like you're not feeling great and yeah you're it's someone it's yeah but great. it's going back to feeling disconnected from people and from the world and from human interactions where you are getting validation i suppose even even but small bits of validation on a yeah I'm not but you're like, doing something you're good at every day like I do think you are good at your job yeah but at so the it's moment like it's just all like yeah. work all the time so it's not necessarily even I don't know it's hard to anyway it's just like wow these people are it no but it's also like they were having yeah they were having like they're amazing at what they do but they were having hor- like a horrible time like a lot of them every single yeah. character was having a real stressful time of so course to, yeah hear you say that I'm just like I don't mean to laugh but I have to laugh at the irony because I'm just like oh my because not what you said before this is what lets me know that okay Natalie is not okay at the moment because there's no way you could watch what those women were going through <laughs> and be like oh my god I wish I could do that like that's <laughs> one was okay just to break it down for the audience the one character with the mysterious new character who joined at the beginning it starts in like hurricane katrina so she's clearly just lost everything and she's moved to a new town on a coach her daughter is dead and she's on the run <laughs> the second person mercedes sorry i'm laughing because i'm trying to put in context for you um, by the way the town is also like in decline it's about how there's no investment in the south kind of like what they've done in the uk to the north where they during periods of recession they've just let it decline and like you've got to remember hurricane katrina was like the, at the time the biggest hurricane ever recorded and like there was no help that's when Kanye west went on uh, that telethon and said george bush hates black people and he was crowned a legend because there was no help for anybody. People literally lost everything they had and they were given no assistance. People were dying. It was horrible. Um, okay, so Mercedes is is like her mom <laughs> is a preacher <laughs> who well, guilt her no, wannabe into preacher. giving her money. Yeah. And then steals her steals Ste- the, the twenty oh, grand dark. from her. Twenty you know grand and then also me? steals the lease. <laughs> On the gym that Mercedes was, so Mercedes was going to, she'd done her, she'd had a big promotion. She was doing Mercedes last dance. It was going to be a whole big thing. It was a big thing. Then she had to leave her own last dance to go speak to her mother who had basically stolen the lease that Mercedes was going to have on a property so that she could have her own school gym, so that she could have her own dance troupe and dance academy. 
and her mum took it because young of some divine well. inspira- inspiration that she could have her own church simply because in her church, her preacher would not let her be a preacher and stand upon the pulpit. Which was perfect because the same misogyny that you dole out to people in the church, slut shaming your own daughter, even though she's providing for you, is the same misogyny that that pastor showed you. You didn't like it and you still have the audacity to talk down to your daughter. Anyway, and she, her mum used to be a pimp, which was crazy. So like, oh, maybe I'm just, I haven't let's seen that continue. Oh, my bad. It, it, I mean, no, it's you have. It's when they're in. Um, it's when they're in prison. Oh, in prison. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, another. So Mercedes is the bottom bitch. She's like the best stripper in the club. But then you've got um, Mrs. Miss Mrs. 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 She's being abused by the father of her, what, five children. So she comes in every day, bruises all over her body. She has a lot of children, I can't remember. Well, she's also just given birth. And every time she's, like, getting up to do crazy things on the pole, I'm thinking, oh, my God, are we going to have, like, a horrible situation where because they do set it up like they're like kind of like oh is it it's too soon like when they had that um the routine where Mercedes was like kind of standing on her and yeah um yeah I I just had a thought is this is she gonna like burst a stitches or a a whole a hundred percent they they, um shoot it like in a way that you can like hear them breathing it's to show you how actually in reality how high they are on the pole the athleticism yeah. that goes into it and the risk that they're putting in to perform and on top of that the things but they're going through they in like real life slam down onto the um in in the splits and also in their yep. giant high heels as well yep. like the accuracy you need to have to make sure you don't fucking land wrong it, it is a it's art and sport yeah it's in it's yeah, it's, it's a lot. Crazy. And then, yeah, okay. uh, I'm just going to keep reeling them off. Okay, the, um, <laughs> they call her the white girl, the white dancer who her mother uh, is addicted giz, to meth. Gizzard? Gizzard? Yeah. Get something. Her mum used to be a dancer and now she's a drug addict and her, she has to, like, crush pills to put in her mother's tea every day. These are the women that you're envying. <laughs> Not and like it's not envying their lives. That sounds really, but yeah, no, no, it, it does. Like, but also, there's nothing wrong with envy. I've started keeping a jealousy diary, and it's really helped me. Okay. Every time I feel a pang of jealousy, like that, because my jealousy, I'm, I, I, I'm going to sound really harsh, but I'm not being harsh. I'm talking about myself. My jealousy is not rational jealousy. I get jealous of like the most weird things, so I write it down because I know it's irrational jealousy. Like for me, you watching this show. <laughs> With these women with horrible storylines. There are phenomenal women. I know what you mean. And they're so talented. But they, in the realities of the world they live in, they're having a fucking horrible time. And for you to feel that envy, for me, is like my envy is like almost more ridiculous than that. To the point where I won't give you examples. So I've had to start (laughs) writing it down. (laughs) And I write down what I'm jealous of. And then I write down what, because it's like, I've listened to so many therapists say, follow your jealousy, follow your jealousy. So it's like, what oh am God, I no, really envious of? No, it's really helpful. No, it's I like, know, okay, I know, but also like, I'm envious just... of what do I, what am I envious of really? And then what do I want? 
And one of them was as simple as I want to be loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, so, and I'm just like, okay. Because it helps me. And then it also stops me projecting onto that specific person. Because mm-hmm. it's always irrational and it's never people I know. It's always just like, <laughs> it's always so weird. And I'm just like, where's this going? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you should keep one. We, we, yeah, we need to. Um, oh, it sounds painful. Um, it's not. It was so, like, in the end, fun. It turned a feeling that was making me depressed into something hmm. that made me feel inspired and motivated. Oh, okay. And do you know how hard it is for me to be inspired? <laughs> <laughs> If you can take your jealousy and envy and turn it into something inspirational, motivational, then that is something. It's, yeah, because yeah, it's because you're not what you're really. It's like what you're really longing is like maybe to be seen on stage, some acclaim, some appreciation, to be proud of yourself, a skill, a new skill. There's so yeah. many things that it could be. Yeah, it's true. You're right. I think you just feel underappreciated and not very seen at the moment. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't disagree with that. Um, so I haven't finished watching um, P Valley. I've got a couple episodes left to go. Um, so we'll probably have to spill this over into next week when I, when I'm sure Ruth is dying for me to finish it. Um, I'm like, don't say any spoilers. And on that note, maybe we should wrap up because also, as you can hear, Brady's Brady's had enough. Brady's had enough. I can't reach the affirmation cards from here. I feel like we've had we have had quite a lot of, or you have been giving me affirmations as we've been going through. Oh my god! I know I've talked so much again. I really need. To st- I wanted this to be the podcast where I didn't speak so much. I, I spoke much. a lot too. I, I mean, yeah. it is a podcast. It seems silly to chastise each other. Well, it's <laughs> either you speaking or me speaking, and when neither one of us is want to, <laughs> just want. To, <laughs> I just feel like it, it's good. It's going to be fifty fifty. This week, I took on the uh, oversharing. I won't I won't say burden, but maybe it is. It is a burden. It's pain yeah. in the fucking ass. So look, listen. Which means that it'll be my turn to cringe in listening. Because if you don't cringe when you're recording, you cringe when you listen. Yeah. That yeah. It's never great. I I might I may not listen back. No, I know. I know what you mean. I've had those weeks. I'm like, I'm never listening to this. Next yeah, case. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, did you reach them, or are we just not going to do affirmations? Oh, I reached. I thought we didn't want to do it. No, I was. I oh, was just okay. saying that I think it's good. But you have also been giving oh. me some words of encouragement and affirmations throughout, which I've appreciated. Interesting for me this week. <laughs> not I, for you. I, not at all for you. Not relevant. For I don't you know at how. All. how I don't think it's helpful for you. Maybe I'll do another one. This one's for me and maybe the next one will be for you. Okay. 
yes the next one is for you come on <laughs> so just to reiterate this is the say your mind uh affirmation cards you can't get your- them they're quite old yeah so my one is my boundaries are necessary because my boundaries were crossed this week and i let me tell you i lost my shit <laughs> wait what i don't want to talk about other podcasts because it's a bit no, too yeah, time, but yeah. me. yeah i've lost my shit okay. it's such a small thing but I, when I realised why I was triggered, I was like, okay, I understand. Because the reaction to what it was was too much. Okay, protecting your peace is important. Be proud of the boundaries you put in place because they prove that you love yourself. And yours is, I am doing bits and I am doing bobs. I am proud of me. Whether it's figuring out how to travel faster than the speed of light or simply getting out of bed in the morning, all of your accomplishments matter. Be proud of each thing and celebrate yourself always. You hear that? Always. I hear it. I hear it. You are also cute as shit. That's another thing to be proud of. Okay? <laughs> and that's not the card speaking. <laughs> just, just a fact. That's the voice of God. <laughs> I'm not, listeners, I don't think I'm the voice of God. Relax. I'm just, you know. But if you were to be approached by a major motion picture to voice... <laughs> <laughs> to be the voice of God, would you turn it down? I would kill that role. <laughs> you would crush it. Yeah. Because I would make God so ridiculous. <laughs> God laughing at people. Oh my God. You call like a prayer is a call to God. And I'm just like, first of all, you need to grow up. up. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I made you a human. Like, there are limits, That's honey. <laughs> but it's also one of the better ones. I mean, the worst in terms of the fact that humans are the worst, but also look at what you get to do. Look at what you've done with it. What if you, you think you're having a bad day? I feel like God would never have that um, attitude. Unless what would a prayer, like assuming there is a God... I believe God is genderless. I don't get how God could have a gender. Personally, I just doesn't make sense to me. How could it? Anyway, whatever. But assuming there is a God, right? And Hitler prays to God. Mm-hmm. What's God saying? Yeah, what are you? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, well, all of these people that are doing things in divine, uh, in the name of the, the divine and the christian god God, God is like uh i don't know that person or what they didn't endorse this message (laughs) honey you are going to hell listen i've got legal on the case they are not they this this contract for this person getting into heaven or not getting into it's watertight i did not this is mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah you're going downstairs sir Man. Oh my god! Another thing that's been helping me a lot this week, I've realised I've been listening to a lot of like old two thousands gospel. It's so good, and I don't know if you're familiar with the alt Christian early two thousands semi rock music that came out, mostly acoustic guitar based. Its impact on popular music was so hilarious to watch. It's literally. It changed music. So it trickled in. So like there was this indie band that I can't remember the name of. There was this British indie band. They were like a Christian band and they got really popular in the UK. 
So, and I was like, I think my sister used to listen to, but this was because I think she they were really not good. She liked the music, <laughs> but because she was, I don't know. But there was, I feel like I remember a poster on a wall for a band called Kato. Does that mean no. no, well, I don't know then. I was never into the alt rock Christian. Oh my god, I'm not gonna lie. Scene. But I really like, it's called like worship music. So it's like what you get when you get a really slow gospel music and what me and my sister call white worship, which is like when white people get out their acoustic guitars and get all Ed Sheeran, but with like a gospel theme. Oh my God. Like, I love that music. And I was listening to like, there's this guy called Michael W. Smith and he makes like really like piano bass, like big choir music, but the build is excellent. And I was like, God, this album still bangs. But no, like, who do I who do I tell this to? The music well, is so me, uplifting. Please it send is... it to me and I'll give it a listen tomorrow. Oh my God, I'll send it to you. Is it gonna make it will make better? you cry. Oh. Tears of joy. Okay, fine. Well, maybe fine. it doesn't. Maybe you'll just be like, what the hell is this? And why did Ruth send it to me? Um, yeah, I'll get it. I love religious music. Of all I'd religions, love a good I've hit. never heard of Hymns sometimes I feel are a bit overwhelming because they're yeah, I get a real like, sense of something. I don't know what it is, but it's not always something. a good feeling. You know? Yeah, but but the good hymns, woo, yeah, honey, mm-hmm. amazing grace, me all day and all night. <laughs> that song's still like, if I walked into a church right now and that song came on, I would cry. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> These songs move me in a way that no one will ever understand because there's been times in my life where I'm just like, I'm completely alone. Then I listen to those mute, that songs. I'm like, I'm never alone. I am never alone. Wow, this podcast is turning into me combining people to religion. <laughs> <laughs> what episode was Didn't it where we said coming. that we would um, create our own church? You'd be the pastor of your own church. <laughs> Oh my god! Maybe I'll steal my daughter's twenty grand and start a, a church. My only thing with a church, though, if I started a church, like I first of all don't really like organized religion. Mm-hmm. I feel like churches breed too much problems, too much hate. Yeah, and that's not what they're for. <laughs> so it's very confusing. No shade to anybody who's out there who goes to church because I have good times in church. I just mean like I've also had horrible 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 times in church like the worst (laughs) so I don't know but yeah I think spiritual practices of all faiths are very important to everybody and you know me I like to dip and dip my toe in everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's important I think and it's interesting it is yeah right oh okay okay so that's enough done um we're gonna share what what um is on the agenda for next week next week's gonna be a more light-hearted one we always say that and then get to way too deep so i feel week, like we'll talk a... i think we will go into the film quite a quite quickly maybe don't you think i am so no this is gonna be like i you she's don't know i love this film i think it's gonna be yeah. like another she's all that moment yeah where we'll just talk, yeah should we so wait another nostalgic one no, because we're yeah, going to post but about it on social, aren't we? So that's 100% every day. I'm just going to post like one teaser. I'm going to post a picture of the dress and be like, guess what? 
Okay, yeah. Well, or I'll, I'll post a picture of the necklace. Guys, if you don't know what the reference is from the dress and the necklace, like, grow up. Get a life. Yeah, where were know? you in the early 2000s? Hey, this is, my question about this film is, they don't have sex, do they? Which is weird, in my opinion. It's only, not to give the game away, 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, give me two. I'm sorry, but we thought that <laughs> we thought that it was crazy when Zach and Lainey fell in love after six weeks. <laughs> this is ten days. It's not even a calendar fortnight. It's it's, if anything, days. it's more realistic. I can't wait to watch. So I love this film so much. But we also have to finish off P Valley because I feel we like do, when something's yeah. really good, we never talk about. We only talk about it when it's terrible or when it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's very very true. We've really dropped off the edge of talking about what we're what we actually are supposed to be talking about or what this format of this podcast is, and we're just now using it as glorified news time, overshare, 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 and be vulnerable time, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we play a game and overshare some more. And then we're like, oh, shit. Hey. Yeah, we watched something and this is what it was called. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so basically adding structure to the podcast has ruined Screwed the structure us. of the podcast. Yeah. So we'll bear off freestyling. Yeah. <laughs> Look how extreme I am. I'm like, so we scrap the whole thing. <laughs> so get rid of it. I'm not wedded to it. I don't even give a shit. It's not like I spent I any time making notes. <laughs> Make no, it. like I can delete d- d- notes. I'm all for the sprint. Let's just clear the board. Okay. Well, anyway, if you you must have already guessed it, next week we're going to be watching How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Woo! What are you going to wear? Because I don't have a yellow dress. Oh my god, I have a green have a dress. I've already worn it on the podcast. Yeah, but not this season, so I think it's okay. <laughs> Once a season, I wear <laughs> Sounds like something I would I wonder, maybe I'll try and watch the movie early, not like the day before, so that I can maybe order something, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I'll, I order That's the reason, down. so you can order stuff. <laughs> well, otherwise it's like, shit, I don't have anything appropriate to wear that's relevant. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'll just be in a black, different black t-shirt. Yeah. Guys, I am changing my t-shirt. I have a lot of black t-shirts, that's all. And no one thought you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought you'd just sit here, sitting here for a week in the same shirt. Oh, my um, God. I don't know about you, but if I tried that, I would smile. Yeah, I think anybody would smile. Anyway, on that note, on that smelly note... <laughs> No. <laughs> Until oh, next God. week. Goodbye. Bye.